This is Tech Talk Today, episode 271. Welcome into Tech Talk today. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. Angela Fisher. Hello, Angela. I've got future cars on the brain today, so we'll be talking a little bit about that. Uh, But we have so much to get into. Season two of Tech Talk today is officially kicking off with this episode. It's going to be a 13-episode run, and it's our we're just like getting back into the swing of things. And there's so much coming up. Yeah. But enough about us for now. We'll go into more details after the news. Before we jump into the news, though, let's thank Ting. Last.ting.com. It's smarter than Unlimited. It's mobile that you completely control. $6 a month for the line. And then your minutes, your messages, and your megabytes. Whatever you use, you pay a fair price. Just $6 for a baseline means if it's a backup phone or your primary phone, you can afford that. And if you're a small business, think about how that scales. $6 a line scales beautifully. Once you get up around 10 lines, nobody is going to beat Ting for a small business. Nobody. Check it out by going to last.ting.com. You get a $25 discount off a device if you want to grab one from Ting. Or if you have a Ting-compatible device, you'll get $25 in service credit. Now, here's the magic. Since it's only $6 a month for a line, and then your usage on top of that, your average Ting bill is about $23 a month. So the $25 is going to get you further than one month. I know it almost sounds unbelievable. Trust me, I've been a customer for damn near four years now. And then they combine that with great customer service, a control panel that you can do everything with, and much more. Start by going to last.ting.com. And a big thank you to Ting for sponsoring the Tech Talk Today program, last.ting.com. Tesla's had a rough couple of weeks since we've been off the air. Have you heard much about Tesla recently? Yeah, just just a little bit. Yeah, so the... uh, Big news around Tesla is the Model 3 didn't meet capacity in production and the the stock isn't doing well. And Elon Musk has taken sort of an apology tour doing interviews with different media outlets, including uh, Gail from the CBS Morning News, where he says part of our problem was we relied too much on the robots. High tech goes in the cars, but it also builds them. This is widely regarded as one of the most robotics-driven auto assembly lines on the planet. Elon, part of the thing I heard about the Model 3 is that there's too many robots. That maybe yeah, yeah, I agree. You, do, you think so, too? That yeah. maybe you need more people in here working. We do. In some cases, the robots actually slow the production, right? Yes, they did. We had this crazy complex uh, network of conveyor belts, and it was not working. So we got rid of that whole thing. This is cool, Elon. Yeah. Realizing it needed an overhaul, Musk personally took over the Model 3 production line at the beginning of April. Yeah, so they said they'd have 3,000 cars and they lowered it to 2,500. Now it's 2,000. A month ago, the shares were trading at 340. They slid down to 252. They've sort of stabilized out. Um, But it's been sort of a trying time. So Elon Musk came out and said, you know what? It was the robots. We need more humans. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way to spin that story. Yeah. And uh, so now they're, they're doing more hiring. They're decommissioning conveyor belt systems. The whole story around uh, Tesla is one that's always like two steps forward and then one step back, it seems. And of course, part of his PR tour right now is because famously in California, there was an accident while a driver was using the uh, self-driving mode and he rammed into uh, the side of the freeway and it's been getting a ton of press. They got kicked out of the investigation for leaking information. So He's really going all out to try to take some control over the narrative. Speaking of trying to control the narrative, what's going on with Telegram? 
Yeah, you've probably seen some stories this week that Russia is blocking or starting to block Telegram because they didn't turn over encryption keys. And this is partially true. The Russian state telecommunications regulator has begun blocking Telegram as expected, but it's it's sort of a weak block. See, it comes after the messaging company refused to give Russian security services the encryption keys to people's communication messages. According to several reports, Telegram is actually still operational in Russia Although several ISPs have begun blocking the Telegram website. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't have any control over the app then. No, it's, right? it's that's why I say it's sort of weak-handed. Yeah. And is it really that big? I don't know if it's that big of a deal. But personally, I have noticed major issues with Telegram in the last 24 hours. What? Well, really? Just 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it just happens to be me or updates or what. I mean, like I'm current on everything. I, I've been restarting my phone or, you know, maybe it's because I have the 5SE and they're like all the updates are making it run poorer so that I no, upgrade. What do you have happened? Because <laughs> that's a pretty popular phone. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I'm just joking. What's but, it doing though? What's Telegram doing? Uh, it's, it's saying I have notifications, but then not actually showing the message. Oh man, I hate that. Oh, I've had I that know. happen before. Or like yesterday I was in the middle of a conversation and it just ended the, ch- it ended it. Uh, all I could do was delete and exit instead of continue the conversation. That's weird. And yeah. And it, and it, and it happened with a vibration, like it vibrated and, and then changed that chat. And then today all of a sudden I can type in it again. <laughs> I had a, this is totally just me being a telegram rube, but I couldn't figure out how to re-edit messages today. I've edited this one message a dozen times. It's like an ongoing task list. Uh-huh. I went to go edit today. No option to edit that message anymore. I don't know if the edit function expires. Wow. I know. And I'm all in on telegram these days too. And the, the whole question has always been, do you trust it? Do you really, really trust it? Back in 2015 at TechCrunch Disrupt, the founder of telegram said that uh, he felt that having private communications was more important than like enabling terrorist communications in theory. The quote is, I think that privacy ultimately uh, and the right for privacy is more important than our fear of bad things happening like terrorism. Hmm. I kind of agree with that. And I'm glad that there's, I, I, I mean, this seems like a good thing that Telegram is sticking up for privacy. I'm just a little skeptical. Yeah. Well, I don't really discuss anything that's like super, yeah. you know, I have nothing to be worried about, but I know that there's a whole camp of no, there's everything to be worried about. Yeah. I, what, I guess what worries me a bit is I've seen people run with this story and they're making it well now, now I, now I trust Telegram. In fact, I've seen this exact comment all over the internet. Well, now I trust Telegram even more because look at them standing up for us. Right. But I, I kind of feel like this is the Telegram CEO taking this getting blocked at the website level by a couple of ISPs and running with it mm-hmm. and making it sound like they're fighting Vladimir Putin, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I just don't quite buy it. And it's yeah. like, it's like they're kind of making a big deal out of nothing to sort of, sort of boost their, because it actually. Is this the right hand while the left hand is, you know, yeah, like it very well could be. Controlled. A, uh, a descent, charade. Uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. That seems like a lot of bacon. But when I was on Telegram and I was looking at it, Pavel Durov, I think is how you say the founder of Telegram's name. Uh, he's the founder and CEO at Telegram. And he tweeted five hours ago. He says, it is telling that an authoritarian government, e.g. Russia, are trying to block Telegram over encryption, but are more relaxed when it comes to other encrypted messaging apps. So he's kind of trying to make the best out of it, maybe trying to make lemonade, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if when the U.S. demands backdoors into Telegram, 
and these encryption keys. I wonder if that same language, authoritarian government, will be thrown around. Right. When the exact same behavior comes to the U.S. Mm -hmm. We shall see. Uh, because, you know, we do know that those gray key devices are getting more and more popular. We've been talking about that on the show. Well, good news for GrayShift, the company that makes the gray key, a box is designed to crack locked iPhones. It's seen even wider adoption than we previously reported here on the show. <laughs> They've sold three models of yeah. the 15,000. No, no, <laughs> no, it's more than that. And, you yeah. know, uh, but of course we don't. Uh, what was the word that he used? Authoritarian government. Mm-hmm. We don't use it when we're talking about this story. Nope. No, then it's just due process and whatnot. Yes, but of right. course, there's no due process. Motherboard found that regional police forces like the Maryland State Police, the Indiana State Police, the Miami uh, County Police. That's three. Yeah. <laughs> no. no but, Is there a number on how many have been sold? Uh, and the Secret Service. I'm not done yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, the okay. Secret Service, the State Department, and the Drug Enforcement Administration. So there's a few more on there. But, you know, they might be buying multiple boxes, too. Well, yeah. And that's just like the, the top level. That's not... Yeah. That branches out. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a bit. And, and then you figure the FBI's probably got one. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> They're really selling like crazy right now. You know, now. I'd really... You know, with them, with them selling, I'd really love to see we solve this crime with... You know, cracking a phone. Oh, wouldn't that be the, something? It, it would substantiate the the yeah. reason and the purpose these, behind it. To remind uh, people listening, the lockdown box that is regionally locked and can only do certain things is fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then the unlocked box is thirty thousand dollars. If you want to be able to use it wherever you want and don't have to have an active internet connection and, and things like that, and you can do up to two phones at a time, yeah. regardless of the model. So, you, so these numbers: fifteen thousand—that's the cheap one; thirty thousand—that's the fully functional one. Uh, are all paperweights as soon as the next iOS comes out. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yep. And so then I think once that happens, this backdoor encryption debate will just explode yes. again. Because this is substantiating the need right now. They're getting by with this with this hack um, and they're willing to spend the money. But what are they going to do when there's no amount of money, when there's no gray key anymore? Maybe maybe there'll be gray key version two. In fact, I'm sure there will be. It's essentially an arms race. Mm-hmm. But there was going to be a window of time where some terrorist event could happen where they won't be able to crack iOS 12. Yeah. And then this these are all paperweights. Well, I guess they'll still work on older phones, but the iOS ecosystem updates pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're smart enough to go out and get encryption and you're smart enough to use an encrypted app and cover your tracks and not use SMS and not make phone calls, you might also be clever if enough to know to update your phone OS. Mm -hmm. So Pandora is doubling down on podcasts. Podcasts are huge. Yeah. Well, we we talked about Spotify Spotify. last Mm -hmm. time. So now, of course, I mean, not not surprising that Pandora's taken taken some lead, but they actually they provided some good information on why they're doing it. Yeah. So they're using sort of the classic Pandora DNA kind of thing, right? They're like looking at different podcasts and figuring out if you like this podcast, you might also like that podcast. And Yes. And they're also attacking the whole, you know, the the old fashioned way of podcasting is you subscribe to an RSS feed. The downloads come in, but did they really listen to it? You don't know. Well, Pandora is a streaming service. So that does provide actual streaming numbers of people that actually listened to the content, which provides better insight as to true you, you know how far they listened and all mm-hmm. of that uh the other thing that they're going to do because if you're if you're dynamically in that sense serving up the content you could also dynamically serve up ads right and so they're going to get in the ad business too yeah they bought what ad zip um, or ad whiz ad whiz yeah, yeah right whiz. yeah it's something with the ads, letters at the end of ads it. ads whiz so it's ads with an s whiz ads whiz yeah for 145 million dollars 
Uh, they also uh, have been like looking at ticketing event services and things like like that, so they could sell like uh, buy tickets to this artist when you're listening to podcasts and stuff. Oh my like gosh, that. I'm so sick of having to buy extras for everything. Like, <laughs> have you been to your local zoo? You know, you, <laughs> you go to the aquarium. Like, you can no, oh, no, no, specifically the zoo. Like, you go there and you're like, oh look, there's a giraffe from 50 feet, but you can see it from 20. <laughs> you know, if you yeah, pay, yeah, 20 feet, and um, yeah, oh, yeah, if you'd like to feed them, that's an extra charge too. Right. Like. You just you can't do anything without extra fees. It's like it, going to a hotel, or even like um, the sewing place that I retreat yeah, at. Yeah, I was sitting in there and I was like, "Oh, well, they have a a quilting machine that you can rent for fifteen dollars an hour. They have die cuts that you can use to cut fabric for uh, ten dollars an hour, and then they just they have all these different things." And I thought, you know, the one thing they don't have is a subscription model. You know, like where you subscribe to a box and you get random fabric in the mail. So I actually pitched that to them, but everything has extra costs yeah. these days. Yeah. And uh, Pandora wants to sort of build a revenue stream around podcasts with those different upsell options, you know, ads, um, ticket sales, mm-hmm. and uh, helping podcasters monetize. Po- podcasting, we're watching it become a big business around us. It's, it is. It's, uh, I've been watching Alex Inc. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. It's an ABC sitcom with, uh, with the guy from Scrubs, the, the lead actor from Scrubs. Oh. He's a dad. Okay. He's a 30-something dad with kids, and he quits his full-time job to become a podcaster. Nuh-uh. And he's, walk, he's walking around with a PR-40, wow. recording into a Zoom recorder. Oh, man. I bet you're geeking out over <laughs> it, that show. Like, no, that's not... You know, we've, I, been, we've been watching it with Dylan a little bit. Yeah. And he's... he's I don't know if he's p- picked up on the connections. That's essentially dad's life up on the television uh-huh, screen. Uh-huh. Uh, it's something to see an cool. ABC sitcom about podcasting. And now you've yeah. got Pandora and Spotify yeah. getting into podcasting. It's yeah. big. It's, Pandora threw out some numbers... And I, I think I remember them correctly that there's 80% of music listeners and 20% of podcasts. And so they're, they're really wanting to target that 20%. It'll be a fascinating thing to watch and hopefully they don't mess it up. Not like Apple. Apple messed it up. They had a really strict post. I call it a memo, but it was a post on an internal blog warning people to stop leaking information which then promptly leaked to the press. Apple is issuing its strongest warning yet to employees to stop leaking information to the media by raising the possibility of legal action and criminal charges to those caught sharing information about the company's activities. The tech giant posted a memo in its internal blog saying 29 leakers were caught last year and noted that 12 of them were arrested. Apple declined to comment on Friday. They hate it. Hate it, hate it. Uh, They outline situations in which information was leaked to the media, including a meeting earlier where Apple's software engineering head, Craig Federici, told employees that they planned to delay some iPhone features to focus on stability. They didn't want that getting out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they look at it from like not just a marketing standpoint, but I suppose probably from tipping off Google, too. Yeah, well, it makes sense. Yeah, I I would. We do things that we don't necessarily want to be That's known true. right away what well, yeah. you know while we, we build it make or... sure it's a yeah an official thing or doable or whatever so yeah that's unfortunate, though. And then the I just love that the fact Irony. that, yeah, the, the internal blog post got leaked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 29 leakers last year, 12 arrested. Some of them probably it. apply to 29, that's it? Yeah, they, get, they have of tens of thousands of employees. I mean, and there are probably more leaks than that that they just don't know about or weren't as high priority. But still, yeah. They but, have like an actual security strike team. Wow. Yeah, like an Apple uniforms. They'll even send them out to people's houses if they have stolen hardware off campus and stuff. My goodness. They come knocking on the door. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Google's got that too. Speaking of Google, uh, there's a new Gmail design that may be rolling out as soon as this week or over the next couple of weeks. It's getting a big update 
And it's got a couple of new features, one that I really love in some of uh, the uh, their inbox, which is the ability to snooze emails later. So it's like this perfect balance. You, you read an email, yes. instead of having to mark it unread, which keeps it in your inbox, you say, remind me about this tomorrow at 8 a.m. And keeps the red notification. Mm, like, so great. Yeah. It's, so that's coming. They're also going to inc- introduce confidential mode. This is interesting to me. Yeah. Be- because like when... To to relate, okay. Well, we should talk about what it is. It's it's allowing you to um, prevent people, certain people, from forwarding an email or printing it, printing it, whatever. There's there's ways around that, you know. But um, we see these features in like Instagram, right? Facebook bought Instagram, and um, on Instagram, you can't save somebody's picture, but you can screenshot it. And what they did is they they detect when you've screenshotted it and they say, do you want to share this content? You know, like you can share it. You can just share this content. And so that was a kind of cool feature, but also keeps you in their ecosystem too. Yeah. And in telegram, in your private chats, if you screenshot, it notifies the other person. No, really? Yeah. And it does like, you have no idea. No. Yeah. It, so what it does is it puts little white text that says, "Oh my god, that Angela so just took a screenshot." It would, especially if you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna get." Like they can see that you're doing that. Wow. Yeah. So it's definitely. I've been waiting to see if like Facebook Messenger will come out with a similar thing because I screenshot conversations quite a bit because I um I moderate a a local buy nothing group, but and I need to be able to share. Oh, they're totally going to introduce that. I know, and that that worries me. But um, sometimes I get away with it by doing it on my computer. Totally. I use a secondary app, yeah. and I do a, a desktop screenshot. <laughs> but anyway, another another. In fact, um, sometimes if I ha- screenshot a movie, it it goes black. Oh, like Netflix. Um, maybe mm. I I haven't done it in a while. You know, it could be HDCP or something. Yeah. Um. So this to me, so they're they're really rolling out like this confidential mode. They're rolling out features that sort of mandate that the recipient is also using Gmail. It's sort of making it. Yeah, that's interesting. How else are you going to enforce it, right? Because yeah. if I'm on Thunderbird and I download right. something over IMAP, really, they can't force it. They I can print it all day long. Right. Um. And then they're also doing things like re- they're going to allow users to require a passcode to open up an email. Yeah, it would send them a, an SMS. Yeah. yeah, an SMS. Um. And uh, I can't and expiration dates on emails too, but I can't really see any of that working unless the other side's using Gmail. Right. But the, interesting. So those are the new features, and then it's going to be coupled with this whole new, whole new design that doesn't really look too dramatically different. It, it reminds me a lot of go- the new Google Calendar. So if you're familiar with the new Google Calendar, it looks a lot like that. Now, just a programming note, Google's I.O. developer conference starts on May 8th this year. And so we'll try to do uh, as real-time Tech Talk Today coverage as we can, depending on the on the programming schedule of the week. So tune back in around May 8th to Tech Talk to uh, around there to get our coverage of Google I.O. Um well, I don't know exactly if we'll be able to do it live, live per se. I suppose if, uh, if all of the planets align, but I do not think so. Not on the 8th. Isn't that a Saturday? It's a Tuesday. Oh, a Tuesday. Yeah, that's tight. That's pretty tight. That's pretty tight. But we could do a special Wednesday morning yes. episode. Mm-hmm. That that's what I was going to suggest. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we're talking about Google. They have worked out something kind of creepy and something kind of fascinating. They have used a ton of input data from like YouTube and talks and all of this to build a visual and audio model to pick out a single speaker in a crowd, much like the human ear can kind of hone in 
on a single sound, but this is the computer learning to do it. And they've used deep learning uh, to help computers better, better identify and isolate individual voices within a noisy environment. This was noted on Google's research blog this week, and a team within Google attempted to replicate that sort of what they call cocktail party effect. Now, they use lots and lots of clips on YouTube to really kind of inform the, the learning model which is sort of a fascinating aspect to this story, 100,000 videos of lectures and talks on YouTube, extracting nearly 2,000 hours worth of segments from those videos with uh, unobstructed speech, where you could see the, the speaker's mouth, too. Mm-hmm. And they mix that audio with synthetic cocktail party noises to throw the learning algorithms off a little bit, so that we'd have to learn how to deal with that. Uh-huh. And then trained the tech to split that mixed audio uh, by by watching the faces and splitting them into channels. And so I have an example so you can hear the results. You're going to hear at the very beginning for about five seconds of this clip, the two people talking at once. And then you will hear uh, the Google uh, brain isolate this John speaker and then the Rory speaker. And these are two stand-up comedians that are doing their act at the same exact time. And the Google system will be able to isolate their voices individually. Take a listen. That begins to isolate. You go, you hit flush, then you turn around, nothing happens for five seconds, then out of nowhere, boom! Oh my god! Now the other speaker is continuing to talk at this time, and now the system will begin to swing over to the other speaker who has remained talking the entire time. I just put a hole in the plane. The city does not terrify. It is like a little UN meeting on wheels every time you get on it. We all walk through the same door. We all pay the same price. If you go to techtalk.today slash 271, you can get a link to the Ars Technica article, which has all kinds of embedded different examples, including uh, TV presenters that are talking over each other. But Google also shows how this could work, perhaps, in like a Google Hangout. Oh, yeah. You've got a lot of presenters, and it doesn't even have to be super smart. Like in a Google Hangout environment, Google says, you know, we could just have the presenter click on someone's face. Mm -hmm. They choose the face, and then the system automatically isolates their audio for the Hangout, which could be really cool. And you hear it sounds a little warbly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not perfect. But yeah, it's pretty good. Seems like that could easily get out of context, though, because if you're only hearing one side of the of the oh, conversation, sure. oh sure, or think about but, all the surveillance possibilities. Yeah, you know, one camera on a whole room of people, and then you can pick which mouth you want to listen to. Right. Wow. That reminds me of some movies that I've seen. <laughs> but you know what else might be interesting is if in a Google Hangouts chat, if they were able to to isolate the voices and then spread them out so that nobody talks over somebody. To see how long, like, if, if a 45-minute hangout ends up actually being, you know, an hour's worth of, con- you know? <laughs> that is so true about hangouts. If, yeah. <laughs> Sit everybody talking over everybody. But it wouldn't know, it wouldn't be smart enough to know, you know, who is responding to what and, you know, where those people would need to be. Not yet. Per se. Yeah, I know. It's just a natural progression from facial recognition that we've seen in, in other programs. Yeah, they do have a lot of experience in there, too. I, I, I wonder if you could retroactively go back and look at old video and do this. And the, the thing that really sort of sticks with me about this story is what else could we use YouTube for to train? You know, because there's so much like human behavior and and vocabulary and just natural ways that people interact and maybe not so natural ways <laughs> that it seems like it's a, just a huge data set that if computers can watch videos 
and learn, that's really going to be something. So it's a fascinating story, and we'll see what Google bakes it into, because it sounds like they have plans for it. Why don't we talk a little bit now about the show before we get out of here? Season two has kicked off. We're going to do 13 episodes. We just thought, you know what, let's just try something different. Mm -hmm. Make it fun. That'll make it last through Linux Fest Northwest and then some a little bit. Uh, which we will be live at. We'll have at least one live episode from Linux Fest Northwest, we think. Yep. And uh, everybody's going to be in town. We might see if we can get somebody extra here on the microphone, for maybe join Ange and I for a special Tech Talk episode while we're in studio as well. And speaking of the studio, we're going to be ripping out some pieces, making some upgrades. It's almost an annual tradition now before Linux Fest Northwest. <laughs> it is, actually. And Noah's already planning to be out here uh, uh, more than a week before Linux Fest Northwest to do some of the work. And we'll be doing uh, incremental updates here and there, just a couple for our patrons at patreon.com slash Signal. So if you love the behind-the-scenes stuff or how we have the studio engineered or what we're upgrading or changing to, what didn't work, uh, we'll, be, we'll be posting that for our patrons at patreon.com slash Signal. With season two officially kicked off, remember we do this show twice a week, so we'll see you again later this week. And I am available on Twitter, at Andrews. I'm at Chris LES. The whole network is at Jupiter Signal. And why not subscribe? Get all of season two as we're kicking off techtalk.today slash subscribe. That really, the site Tech Talk Today is where we have show notes and links, uh, all of the links to your favorite podcast catchers and the direct RSS feed, as well as our contact page. I haven't plugged this a lot, but if you want to send us in some feedback or have a suggestion or idea for the show, you can find our contact page at techtalk.today as well. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you later this week. 